Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. We are headed into a holiday weekend. So how are beer prices looking? Plus, the Inland Port Authority is rebranding. And you know who knows a lot about rebrands? The Salt Lake Tribune's jazz beat reporter, Andy Larson. He and lead producer Emily Means join me to break down the week's top stories. It's Friday, May 26th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Salt Lake Tribune reporter Andy Larson, lead producer Emily Means, good morning. Good morning, Dream Team. Good morning, guys. Happy week's end. It Sure is, Allie. <laughs> There's no denying it. There's no denying it. You're right about that. Okay, let's waste no time because we're headed into a holiday weekend and there are only a few things on my mind. And one of them, Andy, you wrote a story about this week in the Salt Lake Tribune, and that is beer prices. Tell us, where is the cheapest beer in Salt Lake County? Yeah, so I actually used your list for this, Allie, of the, the all of the bars, the bar licenses in Salt Lake County. I noticed this story referenced a list quite a bit, and I had to wonder. <laughs> Cite your sources, Andy. That's honestly fair. Well, you know, it's, it's public records, so hey. Anyway, I ended up calling all 200 bars on your list and asked them, you know, what the price of a, their cheapest beer was, just a pint of beer on draft, yeah. and kind of what a normal local kind of beer would be like whenever someone asked for an example i just said you went to cutthroat right because i feel yeah, like it's the one. most ubiquitous beer in salt lake and so anyway came up with this list that got 115 answers a lot of bars don't answer their phone frankly <laughs> yeah. a lot of them you know weren't open during the week when i called they're kind of weekend only places so that that was a bummer missed some of the nightclubs and really kind of the truly expensive beers that i was trying to get but yeah. anyway the cheapest beer in Salt Lake County that I was able to find is at the Bongo Lounge uh, at about 30 South and Highland Drive, where pints are start at just 250 What a deal. I love the Bongo Lounge because I love the idea that someone looked at two furniture stores and was like, what if we <laughs> squeezed a bar in there? I used to live about a block away from the Bongo, so I actually went there a pretty decent amount. And I don't know about you, but I go there with friends, obviously, and, and yeah. pictures started at 525. Uh, this was probably six, seven years ago when I was living over there, um, you know, right out of college. So it's always been like the cheap place to hang out. My other favorite Bongo thing is when someone doesn't choose a song on their on their jukebox. It seems like their soundtrack is just like on shuffle of every song in existence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Enya. We've got Nine Inch Nails. We've got Def Leppard. The last time I was there, I heard Thunder Roll by Garth Brooks. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is a windowless place. <laughs> yes, yes. Very low ceilings. Uh, it's a cash only bar, which is part of how they're so cheap. And then the, the final thing of, of the bongo that I'll note that you guys wouldn't know is the urinal in the men's bathroom is extremely high. It's like 
five feet tall. And <laughs> as a result, you know, you kind of have to do some parabolic math in order for your <laughs> good thing you're a your bathroom visit to go out. Yeah, <laughs> that is an incredible factoid. So there you go. Wow. Okay. Well, where's the most expensive beer though that you were able to find? Because I have to guess it's like Sky, right? It's like Club right. Sky. Right. It's got to be. It's got to be a club somewhere. So the one that I put as most expensive on the first draft of this article was the Thirsty Squirrel up at Solitude Mountain Resort, and there their pints were eight dollars. But their PR person actually emailed me the next day and said, "Hey, wait a second. We sell PBR for four fifty. It's just not on our menu or on a secret place in the menu or whatever." So, uh, sorry, the most expensive bars you got Lake Effect. You've got Lofty's Bar and Grill kind of up in North Salt Lake. And then you've got the Salt Lake Marriott Bar, which, you know, as you know, <laughs> Allie, going to all these hotel bars, they're all also on the list of bar licenses, too. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love hotel bars, though. I have to tell you, they're technically not a CL license. Like I added them to my spreadsheet because I was like, I have to hit the hotel bars. I'm obsessed with hotel bars because I just feel like a secret agent when I'm sitting at them, like especially (laughs) that new Hyatt Regency one on the first floor. That's like kind of a fishbowl. Last time I was at that Hyatt Regency bar, I sat next to Waka Flocka and he bought me a Miller Lite. So wow. All (laughs) right. Now that's seven (laughs) dollars. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) not my problem. You know what I mean? What can I say? I really like (laughs) that Solitude messaged you and they were like, wait, 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 Andy, we are also for the people, but only the people (laughs) who know where to look on the menu. (laughs) I appreciate that. Look, I am willing to drink a 450 PBR if the other beers are $8. No question. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess. Emily, where do you like to get a cheap beer? Oh, geez. Um, well, doesn't have to be like technically on the spreadsheet, but like when you think about where's a cheap beer in Salt Lake, what's your spot? Yeah, good question. I mean, my spot is always Green Pig Pub because it's within walking distance Mm. of my house. I spent a lot of time at Green Pig over the course of a year and only ordered Moscow Mules. That was like my Moscow Mule phase, but you cannot be like an icy cutthroat Watching the jazz game at Green Pig, and I think what what did, where did that end up on your list, Andy? Like cheapest pint there is only three dollars. Three dollars. Yeah. So, so you can't miss with that. That's domestics. You know, their their cutthroat I think is five dollars, but yeah, it's still it's still a pretty good value, for, especially for a downtown bar. It's not bad. Yeah. So Allie, well, this has me wondering if Andy's data project influences where you'll go next for your get a drink at every bar in Salt Lake County project. Unfortunately, it does not. And I I actually get this question a lot where people are like, so how strategically are you going about this? There can't be a strategy when you have to drink at every single bar in Salt Lake County. Like, I'm going to have to pay every kind of amount for a beer, though I'm not much of a beer guy. I'm a daytime beer drinker, but like once the sun sets, I'm kind of off beer. Um So, I mean, I'm going to have to go to all of them. But I I do want to give you guys an update because, Andy, you in particular, I feel like, have been someone who whenever I see you, you're like, I don't know, Allie, you're moving kind of slow through every bar in Sully County. Now I know why you know that. It's because you're also in my spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) But I am at bar 55 out of 207. And I think that's pretty good. I hit number 55 this week. It was Whiskey Street. I took a shot of Jameson Orange there, and boy, did I regret it on Thursday morning. (laughs) Well, Andy, can you crunch the numbers for us? How quickly is Allie going to have to move to make her goal by the end of the year? (laughs) That's why I'm worried is because we are more than a third of the way through the year. We are almost in June, for goodness sakes. And you are one quarter of the way through your list. So now... 
I understand the optimal drinking season is coming up. There's no yes, doubt about that. That's right. Summer is when it is easier to hit multiple places. And I have some plans for like hitting multiple places in a day, but I'm not worried. I actually am delightfully surprised by how far I've made it. And I just want everyone to know that every time you tell me that I'm not going to do this, I am more inspired. I dig deeper and find the will. So keep doubting me, Salt Lake. Keep doubting me. <laughs> and also, I did just make an Instagram account for accountability. So if anyone wants to follow this journey on Instagram, it's at EveryBarSLC, which I feel like is just a good handle to yeah. have. You know what I mean? Aptly named. Let's get that website domain, too. Yeah. Well, I wanted to put one last question to you both. So, Andy, you did all this work for us. We now know how much we can expect to pay for a beer at, uh, what did you What did you say, like... Uh, 150, 150 which is not every single bar in Salt Lake County, but... How no. much are you two willing to pay for a beer? Oh, good question. You know, I feel okay at this point about $6. And I, you know, think that's on the high side. That's, but it's, it's the two most common beer prices in Salt Lake right now are $5 and $6. Mm. And, you know, there are just too many places that do just charge $6 for it. Whether you're, you're talking beer bar, Hopkins brewing, whatever it might be like. And, and so I, I feel good about that. Once we get into the $7 range, I have some yeah. qualms. Well, I guess how much I'm willing to pay for a beer is probably however much is the most I've ever paid for a beer in Salt Lake. And I have to guess that that's at Vivint at a jazz game. $15. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to make like an extraordinary guess. But Andy, do you know how much a beer is at Vivint? Because you are the jazz reporter, though you're probably not drinking when you're there. No, but I do have this on. I, I I took a photo of the menu for a story I was gonna do, and then never did. I think it's like thirteen fifty right now. Woof. Well then, that's my number. All right. Now that we have covered the most important news of the week, should we talk about the Inland Port? <laughs> One of my favorite topics, Allie. The Inland Port has rebranded, and before we get into discussing the rebrand, which I'm very excited to do, Emily, can you please tell us why the Inland Port? needs to rebrand. <laughs> I would love nothing more to give you the quick and dirty history of the Utah Inland Port Authority. Give it to us. All right. So first of all, what the heck even is an inland port? The inland port was pitched as an import-export logistics hub in Salt Lake City's northwest quadrant. So we're talking west of the airport near the Great Salt Lake. And think planes, trains, automobiles, moving goods in and out of Utah. Intersection of two biggest highways in the West, I-15 and I-80. Yes, and initially this was pitched as a level up from that. We want to be the intersection of the world, basically. Like the Utah leaders had big hopes, big dreams for this. Um, but the Inland Port Authority got off to a pretty rocky start in 2018, which is when Republican legislative leaders used their power to push through the creation of the Port Authority, basically like in the last week of the 45-day general session. So difficult to drop a huge bomb in the last week of the session, but the legislature kind of does that to us all the time. And this bill 
had a ton of baggage tied up in it. There were lots of concerns from Salt Lake City about the Port Authority collecting our future tax dollars and using them however they want. There were lots of concerns from environmental advocates and residents who live nearby about how increasing truck and rail traffic would lead to even worse air quality problems than they already experience over there. We have terrible air quality, particularly on the west side of Salt Lake City. And what we saw was a ton of pushback from city leaders, particularly then Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski, who actually challenged the constitutionality of the port. And the Supreme Court eventually ruled that it was constitutional. So all of that backstory kind of takes us to uh, where we are today, because over the years, the Port Authority hasn't really accomplished anything at all. Except being audited by the legislature twice. <laughs> exactly, Allie. And those audits were pretty damn damning. And they revealed that there was no transparency over no-bid contracts. And there was some shadiness in the business dealings of the Port Authority. And I think it's really important to remember that the Port Authority is not elected. They are appointed, and we, the public, cannot hold them accountable. So the board was restructured, leadership changed, so much legislation over the years to tweak how the Port Authority works. And that takes us to the rebrand and a new vision and a new slogan, which is Utah Inland Port Authority moving Utah forward. Ta-da! Good rollout, Emily. I feel the need to be like, next slide. <laughs> Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's hot cross buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. So what do we think about this rebrand? Andy, you first, please. Did you guys read the uh, Robert Leachman white paper? It's, it's this out-of-state uh, professor who wrote this 51-page white paper on basically like why the port is a bad idea. And it's insane because everything in it makes complete sense. And it's like, oh, yeah, why didn't we think of this before we like, for example, we don't need an inland port for a bunch of different reasons. One that like there aren't enough like Walmarts here to have a distribution center that like uses a shipping container full of like the same item, which is how shipping containers apparently work. And so there's no reason for them to bring these shipping containers from the L.A. ports to Salt Lake in the first place, because there's just not enough people in the Internet Mountain region to make that make sense. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's cheaper and more economical for these shippers to just keep the shipping containers in LA and then ship them back empty overseas 
to China or whatever, rather than bring them all the way to Salt Lake. The second problem is like, also Utah doesn't export stuff. Like- Except alfalfa. Right, so the things that we do are like actually politically problematic, like alfalfa or coal. And we frankly probably don't want to continue doing that for you know the next four decades. And then like the other stuff is like, small amounts of gold and minerals that we find in our mines, including like the Great Salt Lake mines, essential oils, honestly, which are like extremely high value products that you can't fill a shipping container with. You can oh hardly fill a box with like your, your <laughs> essential oil concentrate. Imagine that truck spill. <laughs> right. <laughs> All of I-15, which is now 37 lanes, smells like eucalyptus. Forever. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> and Utah is mostly a service economy state. Like that's what we do and we do it good. But like, it, it just doesn't make any sense for like the inland port to go here when, you know, none of this is based in Utah in, in any way. And it's not a, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. Like the manufacturers and shippers and whatever else are happy with whatever they have in California and at the ports that are actually on the ocean where ports should be, not inland. Okay, but Andy, can I pl can I change your mind with the slogan, we move Utah forward? <laughs> I want to know what we're what we're moving Utah forward to. The rebrand is too vague for me. What what are we moving towards? I can tell you what they are because they also sent us a new mission statement, which is we maximize long-term economic benefits in Utah by developing and optimizing economic project areas and logistics-based infrastructure. What? <laughs> that is like when you ask someone who works at a tech company what they do. They say that to you and you're like, "Cool." Cool. Nice to meet you. But yeah, they move Utah forward. That is the new slogan, which I just want to be like, so is the Inland Port Authority also running against Mitt Romney for Senate? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Inland Port Authority standing on each other's shoulders wearing a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> they go by Gus Gus in the streets. Yeah. yeah. Well, Andy, I'm interested in your point about like how we don't even need an Inland Port because in the height of the pandemic, they were really trying to make the case for the port because of all the supply chain issues. And they were like, well, wouldn't it be great if we did all of this in-house? And mm -hmm. I think that we're finding that that's, I mean, that's not even the point of the port anymore. Like in right. the rebranding and the revisioning, they're not thinking about this as like, we're going to move things in and out of Utah. We're mostly going to like move things around Utah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Again, this out of state professor was was looking at this and, and just being like, what is Utah doing? And I get that like, it was the fun, economic, sexy thing to do for like Midwest Republican states because there were a couple of examples of this working, you know, in the Midwest near population centers and where like you just have more distance between that and the closest outland ocean port, right? Like it makes some sense in Kansas City or whatever. But, you know, in terms of what Utah does, in terms of how many people we have in, you know, a thousand mile radius of, of Utah, it just it, it, it doesn't make sense. And now they're, you know, kind of have these nine different sites that are popping up. You know, my colleague Leah Larson did this awesome story on uh, has covered this, you know, even some of these like kind of smaller port or, you know, truck to train kind of centers don't make a ton of sense, given that like this Iron County one, for example, sees I, I think it's four trains per day, like go through the region at all. It just seems like kind of a really weird use of kind of these redevelopment funds that I think could be used elsewhere 
uh, in the state budget. But hey, you hmm. know, uh, who? What do? What do I know? I o- literally only read the, the this fifty-one page white paper <laughs> by yeah. a uh, college professor who studies this stuff yeah. closely and and seems to know what he's talking about. And to be fair, that white paper was uh, commissioned by opponents of the port, which, you know, there are plenty. The other thing I wanted to talk about with this rebrand is they are really trying to make it seem like they are an environmentally friendly port. And honestly, the Port Authority has always said that. We want to be a green port, but they haven't been able to prove what that looks like. And so I think they're trying to prove it by literally putting the color green in their new logo. (laughs) Yeah, the new logo is like, it's U-I-P-A, and then inside the U is sort of what it looks like when you fly into the Salt Lake Airport. Like, it's just a bunch of little cut up, like, squares, like tracks of land, but they're all different shades of green, and that is basically it. The thing that I think is so interesting about this rebrand is, like, when you think about the point of a rebrand, right, it's, like, to create some sort of a splash or, like, to get people re-energized or, like, excited about a thing again or, like to, I don't know, save some face. And I think it's hilarious how much nobody cares. Literally nobody cares. Like I've, there was like one write up about it. We got a press release. The three of us are probably talking about it more than anyone in this entire state right now. Like I went on Twitter and just searched Inland Port rebrand. And the only thing I found was a tweet from Robert Gerke from 2019. <laughs> like nobody cares. Like, and in that way, I think also like it's reflective of how a lot of Salt Lakers have kind of accepted this thing as a bit of a foregone conclusion. Now, not everyone, right? Like campaign manager Dita Seed at the Center for Biological Diversity, not someone who has accepted this as a foregone conclusion. There are a lot of activists that are still fighting this thing. But the average Salt Laker is sort of like, oh, yeah, the Inland Port. Did that happen? Like, is it there now? And the answer is no, but also a little bit, but also it might never happen because again, to your point, Andy, like what is the demand? Yeah. And it's, I think it's pretty clear at this point that they've kind of moved on from this idea of like one big gazillion acre port that in Salt Lake in the Northwest quadrant and and frankly, like kind of moved on from the idea of inland ports altogether. Like, (laughs) you know, again, these, these kind of small shipping sites that they're trying to do in various Utah counties that are interested in frankly, just redevelopment money. I mean, one of the most, interesting ripple effects of the Inland Port conversation in my mind, and this is my own personal take, is that it's kind of the reason Aaron Mendenhall is the mayor. I mean, when mayor at the time that the port was proposed, Jackie Biskupski was really going in all fists with the legislature. She hated this project and she kind of threw the book at it. Now Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, who at the time was a city council member, was sort of seen as like the poised, polished adult in the room, quote unquote, who was willing to, more interested in kind of brokering peace with the legislature and having a conversation about the port with the legislature. And I think out of that emerged a brand for her that that she kind of cruised on into victory in the mayoral race. Like it is kind of the reason that she was able to establish herself as like a leadership figure in in the city. On that note though, I mean, Marin Endenhall is also, you know, a self-proclaimed environmentalist and 
she recently requested $50,000 from the city council to establish the shoreline heritage area, which would basically be like a wetland ecological buffer between kind of the, the, the Great Salt Lake and the city and the port. So they're making an effort to establish some sort of conservation easement there, like looking ahead at the kind of pollution and destruction that the port could cause. Um, but that's a that's a baby step. Any final thoughts on the port? I think the legislature has to make it work because otherwise they've sunk millions and millions of dollars into a project they hyped up so hard and used all their muscle on to make happen. And uh, they have to save face. Yeah. And I don't think the rebrand does it. (laughs) I I was going to say maybe the opposite. If anything, like I'd rather they rebrand and kind of this redevelopment agency that they're trying to be rather than like... Uh, you know, a, a force that will just try to make a port in the Northwest Quadrant, you know, to, to no end. Right. Well, then they should well, have changed worry. the name of the authority because it's got it in the name still. That's the real rebrand yeah. that needs to happen. Uh, and it's funny, Leah asked them about that and they're like, so you guys aren't doing inland ports anymore. We're like, why didn't you change the name? And, you know, essentially the legislator uh, said, hey, you know, we want to make an inland port one day. <laughs> so we decided to keep it. And, Dream big. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. My God. Okay. All right. Well, before we get out of here, it is time for our favorite weekly segment, Pick of the Week, which is when we basically just share kind of a hyperlocal thing that we are obsessed with right now that's making us feel good or inspired. You know what? I'm muscling my way through here. I'm going first. <laughs> Very Republican supermajority of you. What can I say? I'm going to take the bold the bold step. Okay, here's the thing that I'm obsessed with this week. I went to a bees game on Sunday, which landed me on the Salt Lake Bees website where I was doing sort of normal website digging. And here's what I learned. Anyone can audition to sing the national anthem at a bees game, <laughs> you guys. And they used to hold auditions like on a Saturday where you would kind of go down. Now you can audition all season long by just sending a voice memo to their email. (laughs) I am absolutely obsessed with this idea. And I think every Salt Laker should audition to sing the national anthem as sort of like our collective, like senior year prank for sending the bees off (laughs) out of our city into daybreak. So the email is anthem at slbs.com. Please, please, please record a video or a voice memo, send it to them and CC me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The project manager. (laughs) Yes. I'm just like, if Fergie can do it, like we can do it. You know what I mean? I was at that Fergie National Anthem, first of all, uh, ah! which is a pretty big claim to fame. And it was yeah. a remarkable moment in the stands and, you know, for for obviously all the good reasons. Uh, my second point is I've been to jazz anthem auditions before. They do it once a year uh, and they do accept uh, tapes by email or in-person presentations. They have them seeing the first four lines. It's a group of three judges. <laughs> I think Kurt Bester was one of the judges one of the years, the, the year I went. And it's remarkable. You know, some are amazing and some are very bad. And uh, it's I was in that room for about two hours and only got through about half of the auditions and just left. I couldn't take it anymore. Right. Like and so anyway, uh, 
I feel sorry for, truly sorry for whoever receives all the emails that your <laughs> listeners will send out. Oh my, I hope to God it's me because I would love nothing more. Nothing more than to make an audio mixtape of Salt Lake's, Salt Lakers auditions to sing the anthem at the bees. But anyway, that's my pick of the week. Good pick. Emily Means, what do you got? All right. Mine is getting to know your city by walking around it. Uh, I led a walking tour last week around downtown Salt Lake. And I, spoiler alert and full disclosure, I had never led a walking tour before, (laughs) which the number one rule of walking tours is never tell people you've never led a walking tour before because then they can blame you for so many things that go wrong on the walking tour. What can go wrong on a walking tour? I don't know. Someone stubs their toe or gets stung by a bee or whatever. Um, And as part of this tour, I had to research a bunch of buildings and landmarks and public art projects downtown. And so now every time I walk around Salt Lake, I'm like, did you know that this Art project was commissioned by the Salt Lake Public Arts Council, and it was in all of these things. Or this building was built in 1898, and it's the first public schoolhouse in Salt Lake City. So that's my new party trick. Uh, but it I, it really taught me a lot about this city that I walk around every single day. Well, you have previously on this show branded walking around the city as urban hiking, which is kind of catching on for me personally. As you're doing (laughs) your block walk. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. Well, on brand for you. Thanks. Do you urban hike, Andy? Are you a city walker or are you a driver? I love walking around Salt Lake and, and cities in general that I visit. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the latter. I would join Emily's walking tour anytime and not even blame her when things obviously would go wrong. <laughs> what do you mean obviously? You'd be willing to sign, you'd be willing to sign a, a liability release in case you stub your toe. Oh, yeah. And bee, like you said, bee stings, whatever happens to me. I mean, getting, getting lost. led into, yeah, getting lost, going down a dark alley. I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, I'm I'm signing up for it and, and then just blaming on Emily. I can't be held responsible for that. I mean, if you get lost in downtown Salt Lake, you might wake up reconstructed as a townhome. So be careful. <laughs> uh, Andy, what is your pick of the week? Bring us home. So my surprise for y'all is that today is my birthday. Oh, Andy! Uh, what? And so I I've been thinking, trying to figure out where to go for my my birthday dinner right which every year with my family when it's a birthday we do this for everyone in our family they get to decide where to go right so yeah. i i'm kind of curious what you guys would choose in this circumstance but i will say that i chose and this is outside of salt lake city but it's salt lake county mm-hmm. allow it korean barbecue of utah uh i think of the best korean barbecue that i've had in in the valley um and i think Korean barbecue is such like a fun dining experience that like makes it good for a birthday dinner fit. And it's delicious. Bulgogi is delicious. Just Korean meats in general are delicious. So uh, that's what I've chosen for tonight's birthday dinner. But I'm curious what you guys would choose. Okay. And Korean barbecue is such a fun like group birthday way to eat because you grill everyone gets to like grill their own meat on the big if if no if you're listening and you've never had cream barbecue there's kind of like a flat top grill and they bring out the meat raw but seasoned and then you get to like grill it yourself so it's interactive how many people are we talking for this this meal 
I think it'll just be my parents and my brother and his wife. So five. Okay. Good five. group. Okay. So I was going to say the only acceptable place in Salt Lake to have a birthday dinner of like more than I would say six people is El Chihuahua. <laughs> that place is literally built for meals of 17 people. Like everything about it is for the birthday dinner. But if you are like a group of 12, that's the only restaurant you should be going to. I'm sorry. That's a rule. That's a law. Wow. I would suggest if you want to impress your mom, I would suggest Paranoi Trattoria okay. on Highland, which is just a delightful Italian dining experience. It's family owned. Literally, the Nona of the family like makes bread in the background. And uh, oh, and they also have like a bananas foster that they set on fire and it really gets the people going. So I would recommend that for all of your celebrations. That's a terrific choice and uh, one of my favorite restaurants as well. So and also conveniently located directly adjacent to the Bongo. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Way gosh. to bring it On around. That note. On that note, let's get out of here. Andy Larson, thank you so much for joining us. Happy birthday. I'm so glad you were born. <laughs> Be sure <laughs> to tell you your mom for having I me, said that. As always, I we're will. We're going to send course. you so many voicemails of people singing the national anthem. Lead producer Emily Means, I will see you on Tuesday. It is a long weekend for us. Have a great weekend, you both. Wear sunscreen. See you Tuesday. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Rayarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We are off Monday to celebrate Memorial Day in style, but we'll be back Tuesday morning with more from around the city. Have a great weekend. Bye.